Welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. I'm Jamie Schreiner. And I'm Becca Kenny. And we're your hosts. And today we're just flirty and and not 30. Becca's not 30. Honey. I'm almost 30, but we're we're thriving just the two of us. We're yeah. gonna let you get I, a look. I, I do feel like I'm thriving a little bit today. I, th- something about it being 42 degrees in Chicago <laughs> after it being so brutally cold does like like make me like I'm like I'm like wow I can do anything like you know like walking through the streets like I'm gonna tap dance everywhere but like um then um (laughs) but I've literally been brutally depressed in such a dark Mm -hmm. place and I I've listening around kind of kind of getting an interview with census taking (laughs) over the room I I I think that that's a common pattern of people right now is being in a brutal place it's I I don't know I, I would say like I think it's you. So we were talking before the podcast started, and Beckett's like, it's the end of winter. Just yes. like we got to push through the rest of the the snow and the cold weather. And I think that that's absolutely it. I think that, you know, I'm somebody I just struggle. I I just, I struggle with depression. Yeah. Year round, but it it definitely gets exponentially worse in the winter. Completely. Um, to the point that I'm like, what. I, I know why I live here. I love the yeah. comedy scene here. Yeah. I love the city of Chicago. It's just, yeah, the, these these two to three months are very heavy and hard. Well, and it's just like in February, it really feels like there's n- <laughs> there's nothing to live for. <laughs> Sorry. It's like it's like in January you're like, oh, it's a new year. Honey, we're we're changing, we're reassessing our patterns, we're kind of taking stock. In December, it's like the Christmas spirit, you know. <laughs> but then like then like we get to February and it's like Valentine's Day. Are you I, like, killing me? Like, like like all of you know the, the February holidays like are, are are just a little bit more like kind of make you think about things in in a dark way i think oh, i mean yeah. valentine's day if you're really romantic but like um i mean like yes and no. I, I i would say also it's like you know anybody who's listened at this point knows i'm the astrology bitch you know pisces season comes in hot and heavy mm-hmm. february 15th and mm-hmm. it's just it's really like take no prisoners in terms of it making everybody be in their fucking feelings yeah and like whimsically like looking at the past like oh what could i have done differently and it's just like oh. there's there's no there's no it's it's not productive it's not helpful yeah. to us but i feel like this is like the four week period every year where it's just like oh it was valentine's day and i didn't get a box of candy and now i'm thinking <laughs> about my ex and i'm crying into a bathtub like it's it's yeah well yeah I, the, I, I like have not been doing stand-up for like a month now mm-hmm. too which has been like omicron like i was getting booked so much and then it like bombed my momentum now I'm, she's getting back like late yeah. february march she's got some sets coming up but like <laughs> and i've been trying to like focus on like relationships and like and like romance and sex mm-hmm. and like discovering that more yeah. and um who it's blown up in my face <laughs> it's blown. well it's like 
I don't ha- I like it's like I know I'm such like a confident person in so many ways but it's like when I go into like a gay bar it's like I don't have access to that anymore oh. and I mean I know you've seen it I've seen, yeah I've, what is like I mean like I even think of like that night we went out to Berlin like I I remember you being like oh like I don't know if I can wear this like I don't and it just like if anything it makes me want to like slap the shit out of anybody who made you feel like you can't <laughs> fucking walk into that space like you own the fucking place because you do you right. know like it I don't know. I I think that. Well, and it's it, it's also like the apps. The apps are such a top. And like I, I I don't know what the straight apps are like in comparison. I, I will say that Grinder is one of the <laughs> grossest, darkest places of the internet. It is, it is it is so so insanely dark and evil. Um, <sighs> I I I have been blocked by a majority of the guys who I've had sex with on Grinder right after we had sex. And it's like, good luck. How am I going to tell them I probably have gonorrhea now? Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> honestly, when it's like you say that and it's just like, it, it, it is like, it, it bums me out. Cause it's like, it was like that. Like when, when I was in college mm-hmm. and I know that you're like just out of college age, but like when I was in college, cause I'm those of you who don't know already, I'm a little older than Beckett. I was born 92. I think you're 98. So yeah. Yeah, I remember like my my friends in college who were on Grinder having like terrible experiences with like you know going home with somebody and hooking up, and then like that person like gives them something, and they have no way to contact them yeah. now because yeah. it's just it's so like um, it's like you said it's evil, it's irresponsible, it's yeah. just um, ha- have a little bit of compassion and decency for other human beings, right. you know? Like it's it's not that hard if if you don't want to see them again, you don't have to respond. But I like, agree. I agree. You, I, I've never. I would never think of blocking somebody after. And it, it's. It, I don't know. It's just insane to me. Like unless like they're like harassing you or something. Yeah. But it's then like, maybe. Um. But um. Yeah. Well. And I like. I got. I like have been hooking up with this guy kind of consistently, and um, recently, like he he invited me to his birthday party, which was supposed to be yesterday, and I texted him about it yesterday. I'm like, do you still want me to come? And he's like. He's like, oh, probably not tonight. And then, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? And then he just texted me today and said that he he tested positive for gonorrhea. <laughs> Lit. And, but Litty. last night I um I I hooked up with a guy through Grinder, which is a mistake. Every time I do it, I regret it. Um, I it ended badly. I went downstairs, realized I forgot forgot my belt, went back up to that apartment, knocked on the door, and then like. His roommate, which was a girl who I just saw in passing really quick, like opened the door and she was like, she was like, like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, I'm like, uh, I left my belt in that room. And she's like, she's like, with that room. I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was with your roommate. He He's probably back there. I, I have my belt in there. Can I just go get it really quick? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm like, it's back there. And I walk into the room and then I see like a bunch of other girls who I did not recognize. And I was like, oh, this was the wrong room. I had walked into the wrong room and like, I, and then I was like, I am so sorry. This is so embarrassing. And I felt like the energy of like, from the gr- the other girls in the room like they were like getting ready for like some kind of crazy person to come in oh and then my god <laughs> you just left your fucking belt like why are people but then so I, weird well well but then but i didn't leave my belt in that apartment it was you the wrong, wrong apartment, apartment. <laughs> and i so i had to go back upstairs and get it um, and then you finally got okay yeah i did finally get the belt um, but then did he block he you? then did block me but i also like <gasps> as he was closing the door he was like 
I could hear him like as I was knocking for the belt, like him being like, like yeah, I really want to do cocaine now, and I'm like, oh, we are dodging bullets. Oh left my and god, right. yeah, you are dodging. <laughs> yeah, get get out of there, baby. Get oh god, it's like I mean, yeah, I. Well, I think I told you I've been banned. For, I was banned from Tinder because somebody that I matched with um, found out I was a comedian. And I was like, yeah, you could come to one of my shows like after we've been on like, you know, several dates because it's like I'm not going to have you come to my place of work when like as a first date. Well, I, I feel weird about bringing people, bringing people around. To, well, you know, have you also seen and I'm sorry, I want you to finish this story because I'm more interested. In it, but like, you know, like specifically like a, a type of open micer who brings his girlfriend to every single open mic that yeah, they do. Yeah, That's so brutal to me. It's I so always feel so like, bad for that girl. Like, like the poor, ba- like, poor baby bird, like, he should be taking you on a date at some point. Yeah. Like, you should be going to dinner. Yeah. You should go to the movies. Like, or, like, what are her interests? Like, yeah, she, like, what is she, you know, she, like, you know how is that fun for her? I mean, yeah, I feel the same way. Basically, the only end of the story is that I just, I started trolling the guy because he was being really like shitty about like oh you don't want me to come to a show today i was like no i fucking met you on the internet um no i don't and then he reported me for promoting for promoting yeah Yeah, i was just like wow which is like i wasn't promoting like you asked me and i told you know it's just like so dumb but then i mean yeah i like i remember i don't know if i still have the text i had like in a in a in an effort to cleanse my soul after having a tryst with someone I should not have. Okay. I was like, let me get on Bumble and try to meet a regular person, you know? Yeah. And so I was on Bumble and I I set my I set my settings to 45 and older because I was like, oh, I'll find like a like a little like a little daddy, you know? I was like, I'll okay. get you know, because yeah. I've I've done that before and I was like, let me just, you know, it'll mm-hmm. be fun. But then um the guy I matched with started talking about how like when, when, like women, I guess women physiologically or psychologically can't have multiple sexual partners without like deteriorating their mental health or their or their vaginas. And I was okay, just well, like, "Okay, well, you are mentally ill." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I am <laughs> crazy." But yeah, okay. I was just like, I was like, "Yeah." So like, I'm polyamorous. It's so kind of my whole thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't think this is gonna work, my guy. And Ugh. he was just like, "Best of luck out to you." No, he's like, "Best of luck out there, sweetie pie." And I was just like, "Ugh." Ugh. And then I just deleted Bumble because I was like, you know what? I think maybe I think it's time to take a break from boys. You know, like six. <laughs> Every time. I go to delete Grinder. I open it for a second, and then somebody I'm attracted to like messages me, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm back in the game, baby. And then, and then I'm, and then I like, ten minutes later, I'm like, why am I here? You know, it it, it is a toxic cycle. And what's unfortunate is now I'm I'm trying Hinge too, but I I literally hate all of the apps, mm-hmm. and I I think Hinge is like slightly more personal, which is yeah. nice, and it's more yeah. like kind of like, have you done Hinge? I've done Hinge, but it's like with Hinge. I, I ended up deleting it just because I felt like it was like it was hard to keep in contact with people and I just I think in general for myself right now I think like I need to acknowledge the fact that what I am looking for is more of a like serious friendship that grows into a long-term relationship mm-hmm. that possibly has a sexual component to it mm-hmm. whereas like the the people that I'm meeting on these apps want to hook up yeah and I always Every, get my feelings yeah. hurt yeah and like even even the people that I interact with in real life like after shows or like people who are at the show like people who are on like it it's it's there's such a misconception as to what me being polyamorous means mm-hmm. that it's like I think I need to like take a break reevaluate so I can set clear boundaries and like 
have like an elevator pitch of like, this is what I want. If you can't give this to me, then get the hell out of my face. Like, like respectfully, yeah, get the yeah. hell out of my face, yeah. you know? So, um, cause yeah, I just like, I think I'm at the point now where it's like, I turned 30 in August. Like I do have a primary partner. I'm just tired to feel like I, I'm tired of feeling like I've been used and discarded. Yeah, well, what I, what I really want right now, and I'm, and I'm, I've been having a lot of, well, I was a virgin until I was 21, iconically. Um, that is which iconic. Which is kind of and I late. Love that. Um, and I, it's not so late. At, yeah. at 21, it felt so, so late. Now mm-hmm. at 23, it doesn't feel as late because yeah. 21 feels young to me now. But well, honestly, like... I like I lost my virginity. I lost my virginity. I couldn't even say that word for a second. I lost my virginity when I was fourteen, and it's like, I I nanny and I meet fourteen year olds now, and it's like, you're a kid. Oh my god, like fourteen you, year olds. That's like you're a child. One of the youngest ages of all time. Yeah, and it's like I mean I mean yeah, it absolutely is, and it's just like, you know I. I think that like anybody I meet who like lost their virginity in their twenties is always like, oh, like kind of late. It's like no, honestly, at that point, at least you were like starting to develop an adult brain. Like yeah. maybe not fully yet, but it's like, yeah, because I feel like it's like from fourteen to like twenty five, I was doing all this shit, and then I feel like my brain finally fully developed at twenty six, and mm. I was just standing there like, what the fuck just happened? You yeah. know, what I mean? you're, yeah. looking, you're like, what, like what, what was all that? Like yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. And yeah. I like, can't take it back now. Like it already happened, you know? So. Yeah, no, I, 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 I do. I mean, I, I'm now, I, I look back and um, I regret almost every sexual partner <laughs> I've had. Uh, and I, I'm not uh, saying this to be like disrespectful to the like, people. Yeah, it's but just, it's, I mean that in like, like, um, I don't feel that, that almost, I don't mean that like, oh, like gross, like who are they? Or like, I'm better. It's like, it's like, I don't feel that any of them, almost any of them have cared about me, which is this kind of like, kind of a dark thing to yeah, say. It's dark, but, but it's, I mean, it's dark, but it's kind of like, it's similar to what I was getting at in terms of like, you know, like I'm very sex positive. I believe you're very sex positive. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like get out there, have sex. But it's just like. I'm kind of getting to the point where it's like it's difficult for me to have sex with somebody who doesn't give a fuck about me. Oh, like it's, I, it, yeah, it's, it's so it hurts. It yeah. just hurts. It's like yeah. I don't want to. I have no interest in doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's um, it's very much like that, like that Stacy of Rico song, like the There's gonna be more to life than chasing out every temporary. Like it's a temporary high. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You feel yeah, validated yeah. and good in the moment, and yeah. then after the fact, you're like. Oh fuck! Like they yeah. don't give a shit, and then it like, and then it, like it's that that darkness again. So it's just like I'm trying to my like my mantra that I made. You're talking about January, like New Year, New Me. Like the mantra I was trying to make is like I'm gonna put myself first. I'm gonna give some of that love back to myself. Yeah, yeah. Which has blown up in my face because yeah. I'm yeah. I'm a people pleaser and I'm setting boundaries now, and people don't like it. Right. Well, I, and um, what's so hard is like looking at like. I don't even really enjoy sex most of the time <laughs> and I do it almost exclusively for validation and that's yeah. also like uh and and you know go, you don't Ooh. feel the validation so much when it's somebody who doesn't really care you know what I yeah. mean um mm-hmm. and so it, it, it but it's also like I'm trying to figure out what I like but I really I really want to like fall in love and yeah. like have a boy or just just try that at least you yeah. know what i mean but it's it's very hard for me it i don't i don't i feel like i i feel like people have that thing where they can just like take it to that place and i feel like i don't yeah 
I, I, so you feel like you do you feel like is it so would you say it's like you have a hard time like being vulnerable with people or is it more just like the because it seems also like the culture around dating apps and everything makes it really difficult to like be vulnerable in that way when everybody's yeah. just looking to hook up yeah yeah no it, it, i mean it, it definitely does um i mean i think about that like like and i i think i i think i just said this but like i feel weird about being a like a stand-up and like like people seeing my stand-up because in a way in some ways i feel weird because it's like um i feel like very i feel extremely powerful but it's also a very vulnerable thing to show somebody yeah. one there's always a risk that yeah. you could bomb yeah there's always no the matter risk. what the room is there's always a risk that you could eat a dick and, and even if you're doing even you could you could literally do your absolute best jokes yeah and with the wrong audience yeah you're gonna bomb yeah, with the wrong, wrong energy to your delivery, you're yeah, gonna bomb. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like, if, if your timing is slightly off, you can lose momentum. You can, yeah. And it it also depends like who else is on the show, where are you on the lineup. A anything could go wrong. Um, so true. But like that, that like that, yeah. I, I, but it's weird because I almost feel like I'm too vulnerable and open. <laughs> um, I will tell anybody almost anything about my life or anything about how I feel. Um, I love to tell my secrets. Oh, I love to tell my secrets. And then you're like, don't tell anybody. But it's like, I mean, yeah, I feel like it's like for me, I, a friend described me this way and I think it's so accurate. Um, like I am a house where the doors are unlocked. You mm -hmm. can come in. Yeah. You can walk around. Yeah. But I have security cameras in every room. Mm. Like I'm keeping an eye on you. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. It takes a really long time with someone for me to turn those cameras off mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like maybe there's like a safe in the back room yeah that's yeah. hidden behind yeah. a speakeasy door <laughs> and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna show you that yeah until i really know like i'll be kind to everybody i'll let everybody in you can walk around right but i'm not gonna show you that immediately yeah 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 and that um it's hard, honestly. Yeah. I feel like it's like they're both hard in different ways because mm -hmm. it's like when you when you're open with everybody, you almost um, if if you're open with somebody who is not trustworthy, you open yourself up to being hurt. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if you don't open up to people, <laughs> then nobody gets well, to. And that's yeah. like what makes me so comfortable around comedians so often is and and what what's sometimes hard for me with people who are not comedians in like my communication style and then even before comedians I was hanging around a lot of speakers and mm -hmm. like public speakers are you speaking yeah of course speaker? yeah, yeah. anyway um everyone was such a huge oversharer like everyone told everyone everything about themselves and whatever trauma they had that popped into their head they would share in the moment and like stand-up comedians are like that a lot and they'll be like i'm i'm so depressed right you know but a lot of people are not like that yeah and and that can be jarring for normal people oh yeah um yeah i know you talked like when you were back in peoria yes not today but like another time we had a conversation you're saying back in peoria it was almost like a complete like shock to the system that you couldn't just like tell people stuff well, without no, being like and I, I would and I could but it was like it was like they would be like say what now you know and it's like I mean yeah I will say like anyone who's listening to this episode obviously this is one of our more sincere I am cringe but I am free episodes but I think it's important mm. to because gorgeous gorgeous girls you know we we um are honest about how we're feeling and I think uh that's kind of what we're doing today I um 
I do know we normally have a little bit of a structure. We do like yeah, the big yeah. three, the the big game. Da, da, da. I I don't even necessarily feel like we still need to do that. I no, know. I, I don't. I don't necessarily feel that way either. I I do want you to tell because I know you prepared a big three for, and it, it is Euphoria characters right now. And uh, I have been deep in the debate of which Euphoria character I am, as you well know, and we have been talking about this. <sighs> Because it's like I feel like we're we're both similar in that like we have the specific moments with each one we really relate to like yeah. we both we both have been Cassie drunk spinning in the balloons. Yes, yes, yes. I've been Cassie drunk spinning in the balloons a lot. <laughs> I, and and that's why like everyone who's known me has been like <laughs> everyone who deeply knows me is like you're a Cassie. But what's so interesting and I didn't see this for myself is so many people who casually know me like in, in, like somebody who commented on that like story of mine mm-hmm. I was asking like which euphoric character I am. They so many people chose Maddie, which is not somebody I expected to be guessed as as all. Well, and it's the thing that's interesting about Beckett's astrology chart. So he's born September 6th, mm-hmm. 1998. Yeah. And I put in Peoria. Is that right? Yes, that's okay, correct. Okay, I got, oh, I, I just guessed no, that on I'm a whim. Pekin, Pekin, Illinois. Pekin? I don't I don't think it would, I guess. It's very close. Do, do, it's like a 20 do, minute drive. Do. We can check and see if it changes it. How do you spell Pekin? P-E-K-I-N. Pekin. Illinois. Pekin, China. No, I'm kidding. It's, Illinois. um, it's, it's. I really don't think it'll change it. Let me see if it changes it though. <laughs> if it does, I'll be blown away. Oh no, it didn't change anything. Okay, hot, okay. hot, 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 hot. So, Beckett, because he's born September sixth, sun sign Virgo, which we know we love. And if you look online, like New York Post, Teen Vogue, everybody has their own opinion on which sign is which astrology sign. Yeah. But literally in the show, yeah. Um, Rue's birthday is three days after nine eleven. So Rue is yes, Virgo. Yes. Yes. Rue is literally like written to be. A Virgo. So that's like your sun sign is like people's general impression of you. So people's general impression of you is Rue, which is like, I, th- I think Rue is very of the earth. And like, it's hard because it's like you can't, e- like, you don't even really get a strong concept of like who you would be unless you think of like who would Rue be if she wasn't addicted to the drugs? Well, it's you know, like, I, I will say that like, I do, I, I could see myself as being, well, the, that sign is the what? Which sign is? is Virgo. The, so, but is what does Rue. that mean? So Virgo is like, um. I mean, I know that Vir, what Virgo means. I mean, what does it mean that that's that? Um, oh, your sun sign. So yes. it's, it's like, it's based on the day that you were born and it's kind of just like your ego. It's your general, like your, your sense of self. Okay. Yeah. I could see myself feeling like, um, in general, like a Rue, um, yeah. because because it's like, I think Rue's like somebody who comes off as funny and smart and competent, actually, yeah. but like um, is also deeply troubled in a way that feels uncontrollable. Yeah, and that that I do relate. To. <laughs> well, yeah, I did. Uh, and it's like so, I I do love for you like your sun sign and your moon sign are earth and water so your moon sign is a is a water sign it's pisces and so it's like it's interesting a lot of people say cassie for you like all the different things that i looked at said that cassie is a cancer which is just another water sign Mm -hmm. but for pisces what was coming up was cassie's mom (laughs) 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 or um jules i do see a lot of I thought more people would guess jewels for me. Um, Because your moon sign is your moods and emotions, and it's how you see yourself. 
Okay. So yeah. That's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can definitely see myself relating to like a drunken mom as well as like a whimsical. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. Like like Jules feels very sweet. She's very sweet. I I I do. You know, I do. I do get that. Yeah. Whereas it's like I'd say Pisces is more of a like the sweet, dreamy, whimsical water sign. Cancer is the more like deeply emotional, which is why like Cassie is probably a Cancer. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting because I I do think I I see myself more as a Cassie, except for the fact that she's so quiet. Yeah. But in, in those moments, like when she's screaming at Nate, that she's saying, I'm crazier than you. And in, yeah, <laughs> in those moments like, where she's dancing drunk with the balloons. Balloons, yes. The, like, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Those I'm like, I'm like, Cassie, yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, so it's like the only other thing. So we don't have Beckett's time of birth, so I don't have the rising sign, which I, the I rising is just your out. mask. It's yeah. just your mask. If your mom ever gets it, maybe on a future episode, we'll do it. Yeah. But um, Beckett, I will say his Mercury, Venus, and Mars. So your Mercury is how you communicate. Your Venus is how you love and how you engage in sex. And then your Mars is how you achieve your goals, like how you go after mm-hmm. things. All in Leo. Yeah. Which one? Leo, Leo is Maddie. Leo is Maddie. Okay. Yes. And this this is where this things is where kind of make sense. People, this is yeah. where people get confused. Um, I do think I project like a huge confidence and personality that is at times a little biting. I I, <laughs> I love but, it though. I love it. But, um, I love it. So I, I guess that makes sense. I, I think that I have the ability to summon that confident part of myself. It, it almost feels it, it doesn't feel disingenuous or like a character me because I, I do feel that that's the real me. But I, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I like I think I was telling you before the show like I am a Leo that's my sun sign so it's like that's just like my ego my thing but it's like Aquarius moon is my moon sign and so what was coming up for Aquarius was Jules or Rue's sister so that's how I feel like I really mm, am yeah do which one would you feel of those characters you feel more like Rue or Jules sister I think Jules I feel more like is is more like who I feel the most um similar to in terms mm-hmm. of like temperament yeah. and personality mm-hmm. but then it was like also like my rising sign is aries and the sign that or the, the character that came up for that was fez's grandma which oh, cracks me up because it's iconic. like so that so that means my mask is i guess people think i'm gonna fucking kill them which yeah. i kind of love that for me yeah but um yeah i uh i think the thing that yeah the thing that that is interesting i think the thing that like shows a good chart is having the like the diversity and the balance of like like your chart, you have like Rue, Jules slash Cassie's mom, and you also have like all this Maddie energy. Whereas it's like I, I will say I wish mine was a little bit more chilled because it's like Maddie, Fez's mom, like Fez's grandma, yeah, yeah, Jules. Like that's chaos. Yeah. That is pure chaos. Yeah. So I love Euphoria though. It's um been really hurting me in my heart. I know we talked season one, the cat episode. We both really related to as well. Yes, yes, the cat episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. What's funny is Euphoria in a lot of ways, it, it I, I definitely understand why it's a cultural phenomenon. I, I do think sometimes it can be kind of stupid. <laughs> and I told you this before. It is like, it I do, especially in the first season, the second season has gotten a little a little mm. darker, has kind of turned up the consequences. <laughs> but um, the first season I was like, I was like, this does kind of glamorize drug use quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was like, listen, listen, listen. I, I'm I'm no dare girl, but like Dare said that. And I was like, I was like, and Dare is a very flawed program. But um, I was like, I kind of get where they're coming from. This this show makes drugs look really fun. But then the second season, I think, you know. Yeah, I think the second season makes it more like, oh shit, it's real. But it's like it's like 
there are teens who are like experiencing, experimenting with experiencing and becoming addicted to drugs. And it's really fucking sad. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny to me that they make it so like dramatic and not like, it's not funny, yeah. it's it's sad, but it's like, yeah, it, it is a bit silly at times because it's so glamorized yeah. in a way that's almost like, it's like euphoria, we dare you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like versus like, like dare to live above, they're like, we dare you. Like yeah, we no. literally dare you. And what, what, it, what can I, if you're comfortable, what, what is your experience with drugs in general? Um, so in general, I, so my, um, my first love my first like long-term boyfriend. That's like, so, I mean, it's lame oh. to say, but I like, yeah, I- I, we, I thought you were about to say a drug. Oh yeah, no, my <laughs> first like, love was marijuana. No, no, no. my so like, my the, the, the first person I ever was in love with was an addict. Mm -hmm. He, um, when we when we met, he was a, a pot dealer, mm -hmm. which was like kind of cool and edgy because I was yeah, like yeah, 14, yeah. he was 17, which is like, ooh, it was very Indiana. But like, <laughs> I was like kind of taken with the fact that he's like this like cool, you know, older bad boy. And then it was just like, we were basically on to get off again for five years. And it just like slowly progressed from him selling pot and doing a little pot to him selling cocaine and doing a little cocaine oh. to like, then he's addicted to heroin. Then he's in rehab, he gets clean. Um, then he relapses and it's it was just like a, a really emotionally tumultuous time in my life. And I think it's part of why like when I'm really honest with myself, I think it's part of why I I so want like that validation and emotional connection mm -hmm. with with another person and with friendships, yeah. yeah. And also why I fear people's intentions mm. and and am deeply security cameras on with people because it's yeah. like yeah, I had somebody like look me in the eye and say, I promise you, I'm not doing drugs while they're doing drugs, you know. And yeah. it's um, you know, he is actually like fully clean. And, and happy and healthy and like lives oh, on the West amazing. Coast now, yeah. which is great for him. But it's like, I remember like we were out of contact for like, we were together on and off again for five years. We were out of contact for five years. I remember just getting like a random Facebook message from him, which was like, it was him like with Narcotic, Narcotics Anonymous, you have to make amends. Yeah. And I remember okay. like seeing his name in my inbox, like just immediately, it was just like panic and dread. It was like terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, even though like what he said was very nice and very lovely, it's like that was still my like initial reaction to yeah. that person. So it's like when I watch Euphoria and people are like, oh my gosh, this is so over the top. Like, yeah, to some degree it's over the top, but like it is rooted in truth. Like there are young people who um, get exposed to that and it, like fucking ruins their life. Like, well, I, I don't. I like they're like it's like set in like Florida, so I, I'm always like I always have to remember it's in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like it's, it's you know. I'm like I'm like this does feel a little more Florida than it does. Yeah, I, it feels a it's little... a little less Midwestern maybe, but I mean, but obviously, oh, yeah. the, I mean the opioid epidemic. Is... Oh my god, opioids are 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 real bad. Like especially, I mean, I grew up in Porter County and. I think when I was in high school, I don't know if it's still the truth, but when I was in high school, we were the the second largest, like second largest opioid problem in a county in the United States. Wow. So it was wow. like, yeah, wow. it was wow. Wow. really, so really bad. And I like, I mean, like I, my best friend's boyfriend died from an overdose. Like, like, I don't know why I said dose. I mean, oops, it's not funny. It's not a funny thing to say, but it's like, yeah, I, a lot of people who I like was in school with or was close with either like are no longer with us or they, um, 
are like they just are completely sober now because they have to be and so mm. it's like it's you know i i wish there was some way to like make it light or but for me because that was my experience i was a huge huge little narc for like all of college i never did any like yeah I mean, I like I smoked cigarettes and I would drink and I would like have a little pot. I think like the one actual drug I did is like when I was 16, some of my friends were smoking salvia in a basement and I was like, let me try this. Salvia. Uh, is salvia a drug? I thought salvia, okay, maybe I don't know it's what like, salvia is. Salvia is like, um, it was like this like synthetic thing that you used to be able to just buy in the gas station in Indiana and you like put it in a bowl and smoke it like weed and, and you trip for 15 minutes. Oh wow, okay. But it's like an intense, scary fucking like yeah. like acid like trip so i did that when i was 16 and i was just like yep i'm good never again yeah, yeah. and then it's like i feel like now that i'm like <laughs> it's funny because like now that i'm in my like late 20s and we've had this like ongoing pandemic i'm like you know what let me just like try some of these things and yeah. see what it's about and it's like you know there's certain drugs that i'm like obviously like heroin opioids i'm like this is a no for me like yeah, i'm not yeah, you know i'm not yeah. doing that but like i i finally tried mushrooms really loved them um hallucinogenics are well mainly mushrooms i'm still pretty scared of acid yeah but i'm I not have so not scared of mushrooms for some reason just because i don't know it's like pe most of the people who've told me they've tried mushrooms are like it actually really helped me yeah like, I, in the long term like oh. I, I i don't know i'm always skeptical of that in general but um but i am so scared of molly i will say so Anybody who was at the Lincoln Lodge on Saturday, November 6th, knows that I that I tried Molly for the first time before we, yeah, Beckett and I went to the Ash yeah, Nico concert. Yeah, we did go to the Ash Beckett, Nico concert. Beckett did not do Molly. I did do Molly. Um, and I loved it. It's just like it, um, the, the come down is terrible. Yeah, like and that's it, what I'm terrified uses, of. All the serotonin in your brain is just suddenly gone. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, Oh, I'm 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 crying alone in my car in Canto. Like, what yeah, what yeah, the hell yeah. is going on? So it's like I know like I know some other comedians that I've been interacted with have been like, oh, like if you if you take like this vitamin at this hour on the hour while you're on Molly, then you won't have it. I'm like, that just seems like a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, this seems yeah. like like I have to I have to do like a vitamin regimen to yeah. do this drug. I I don't think I need to do this drug. Like yeah. I think I tried it. I'm you know, it was what it was and. I think part of it was just like the the general post-pandemic craziness. I don't want to say craziness, but I feel like post-pandemic, you kind of like... Oh, oh, I felt it. Yeah, well, you're just like, well, fuck when it. When I came back to Chicago post-pandemic and when I would visit, it was like the amount of people who, since since I've come back, have thrown cocaine at me. And I've not done cocaine either. I'm very but it, it is like the amount of people who've thrown cocaine and Molly and like, like I have noticed that the hard drug use is up. Um, I know. And it's like, it does, it makes me like really bummed out. Cause it's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I've been in those positions. And sometimes I've been like, bet let's do it. But then other times it's like, I'm kind of like waking up in the morning and I'm laying in my bed. I'm like, I don't love this for any yeah. of us. Like, yeah. why don't we, you know, like, yeah. We just went through this hugely traumatic collective experience. Yeah. But like, why don't why don't we chill down a little bit on the hard drugs? Like, let's. Well, somebody said, and I think this is a popular thing, and I think it came from a TED talk. But like, the opposite of of um, addiction isn't sobriety; it's connection. 
and that's like <sighs> yeah <laughs> i love that and i i totally believe that and and they 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 did this study with like rats where like they, they they had like these rats like basically put in like a solo thing and then they gave them regular water and heroin water and then the rats would get addicted to heroin water but then when they put them in this large like playpen with all these other rats where they could interact they always chose just the regular water none of them got addicted to heroin and with humans it's not as easy as just playing around with other people there's yeah. also like trust and connection but it does make sense that like something that like takes away so much connection from other people would lead to to more drug use yeah, you know what i mean yeah because you're like oh um i i am alone in this world i can't trust anyone and that's terrifying and mm -hmm. heavy and scary mm -hmm. so let me self-medicate with these drugs yeah um yeah whereas like when when you are sober or not experiencing drugs you kind of just have to be with people and like connect with people oh, i love that it's mm -hmm. not sobriety, it's connection. That's really beautiful, Becky. Yeah, it is beautiful. I didn't say Thank it. you, Ted Talk. Thank you, Ted Talk, for giving it out us there. this. <laughs> yeah. Um I feel like do you have any other things you wanna No, get I think in? we should we should I, I I guess this one's gonna be a ballad. This is definitely <laughs> this feels like an eleven o'clock number. Yeah, if I've ever heard one. Um like no one is alone into the woods <laughs> vibes is what I'm getting from today's conversation. So <clears throat> hit it. <laughs> church in the steeple i'm just trying to rhyme here but it's actually true connecting with people can help me and you people need people people need laughter people need people people need laughter people need people people need laughter people need Connect. connect. Dare to connect. Dare to connect. Connect with other people. Come on, come on, connect with other people. Even pets and dogs and cats, but mainly we're talking about people like your friend or your neighbor or your grandma or your granddad or your estranged uncle named Chad. He's not so bad. Ask them how they're doing. You should call your mom and your dad. Call your mom and your dad. Call your mom and your dad. Call your mom you ever had. Connect. Connect. Connect for you. <laughs> you all thank that's you a hit. That's, that's a, a hit. hit that's that was a, a banger <laughs> we uh 
it's so great to be back with you, Beckett. It's we, so great to be back with you, Jamie. You we know, took a long break for long this break. Omicron. This Omicron, uh, I'm not saying it right. This Omicron, yeah, we had to take quite the break, but I feel like, you know, we still got it. We still got the magic. Oh, honey. <laughs> honey, we connect. Yeah. You know, we connect the, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, it, yeah, connect the dots all lot. I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like we, we have nothing else to give. That was that was some beautiful. of our best work. Yeah, that was I beautiful. Think so. that, I think this was our best musical number yet. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I do think that you all should, um, you know, call your mom after this, whoever that is to you. If, if you're estranged from your mom or your mom's no longer here, of course, I'm not trying to hurt you, but call, call that person. Call that, that person you, in your that, life. Call a friend, talk to them, to ask them to meet up with you. If they, if they can't, I keep asking. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it is so important that you have people in your life that you can talk to and, and, and I, I, it just makes everything easier. It really does. Cause it's like, even like when I came in today, I was like, oh man, I'm feeling like shit. And Beckett's like, you know, honestly, we gauged the whole room and we're all feeling like shit. And I was like, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's so silly for me to be excited that everybody feels like shit, but it, it kind of is like unifying and, and brings us all together if we if we take the time to like you know reach out to each other and it's, it, it, we're all busy we're all adults maybe we don't meet in person but text them facetime them yeah yeah uh, send them a meme you know just like let them know that you love them and you're there you know yeah. it's important um this has been the big finish podcast uh i'm i'm jamie schreiner you can find me on instagram at jamie schreiner biddle i'm beckett kenny you can find me at bucket kenny thank you to the lincoln lodge for having us today thank yes. you to our wonderful co <laughs> I, I i to our pianist becca and Becca-nix. our engineer christine i i can't think of the titles correctly. i know our, our podcast engineer um but yeah we we do our podcast bi-weekly or weekly or just, just whatever it, <laughs> yeah just listen yeah. to it keep listening girl uh girl gay they everybody maybe straight men would listen to this i kind of doubt it but if you're a straight man and you're listening we love you take the jump connect with us straight men yeah connect yeah <laughs> send us a message let us know that we that we made you decide to go to therapy we love that for you um yeah yeah that's it yeah bye this has Not been the yet. big finish this is the Big Finish at Lincoln Lodge. We're about to get it on the show. So come on, everybody, and get the show on the road. Let's get it on the road.